Hey there, Chip Close here, founder of Restaurant Strategy. I am also your host, the host of the Restaurant Strategy Podcast. This is episode number 311. You are just starting a 10-episode stretch all about rethinking restaurants. 10 episodes uh, where we're going to take a deep dive into uh, thinking about the future, thinking about where we've been, where we're at, and where I think we could be going Uh, And I'm challenging myself and all of you to rethink restaurants, rethink uh, what they can be, how they operate, and how we can make them better than they've ever been. Uh, Each episode is going to tackle a different subject, a different area. It's going to make a lot of sense. And and I really, uh, I hope you come along for the ride because I'm really proud of these uh, these next 10 conversations. I think it's going to help you level up in your business. I think it's going to help you get ready for the future. All of that today and over the 10 episodes to come of Restaurants. Restaurant strategy. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. Each week, I leverage my 20-plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and sustainable business. I also work directly with owners and operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. This is a group coaching program specifically geared towards independent operators who have been around for at least a year doing at least a million dollars in revenue. So if you're making a lot of hungry people happy, you're generating a lot of revenue, but you struggle to uh, generate a consistent, predictable 20% return, then I want to chat with you. The best way to get started, to have a conversation, to see if you're right for the program is to visit our website, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Grab some time on the calendar. You'll chat with me or one of my coaches. Uh, We will learn about you. You will learn about the program. You'll get to ask questions about the program. And like I said, we'll see if you're a good fit. That call is absolutely free. It's a great way for us to get to know each other. Again, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, that link is in the show notes. Now, thousands of restaurants across the country use Kickfin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts the second their shift ends. It's a really simple solution to a really big problem because let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift, it can be kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes managers away from work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, cash tip outs create the perfect opportunity for theft. And there's never enough cash on hand to actually pay out those tips, so your managers are constantly making bank runs. Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to tip out until now. Meet Kickfin. Kickfin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time, cashless tip payouts straight to your employees' bank accounts 24-7-365. Tipping out with Kickfin gives managers and operators hours back in their day. It makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and theft. And guess what? Employees love it, so it becomes a really powerful recruiting tool. 
Best of all, restaurants can have KickFin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds, no hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with KickFin. Visit kickfin.com slash demo, and yes, that link is in the show notes. Now, today's episode is also brought to you by Pop Menu. Pop Menu has reimagined the restaurant. They're breaking the mold of the menu, taking the kitchen doors off the hinges, and serving up their most comprehensive technology solution. Yet, it's called Pop Menu Max. It comes with the previous ingredients that you've heard me mention on this podcast, right? Websites designed with SEO, marketing tools that help keep you top of mind with guests, and of course, Pop Menu's patented interactive menu technology. But now this new recipe brings automated phone answering to the table, third-party online order aggregation, waitlisting, and more. PopMenu's phone answering technology has your ringing phones covered. With AI, right, artificial intelligence, the simple questions that keep your phone line tied up can now be handled by the computer without pulling a staff member from your in-person hospitality. So no more missed reservations, no more people asking for your hours or, or you missing revenue, and that's just the beginning. You have a passion for food. Pop Menu has a passion for technology. Together, it's a recipe for restaurant success. Now, even more digital ingredients are in their technology pantry, and Pop Menu is helping restaurants attract, engage, remarket, and transact with their guests on a whole new level. Trust me, if you're a restaurant owner, you need Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, get $100 off your very first month, plus you get to lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this offer. That's $100 off your first month at popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. Yes, that link is also in the show notes. Now, as I said at the top, this whole sequence, uh, this whole... Uh, this whole little subset of episodes today, starting with episode 311 and going on for 10 episodes, uh, I've dubbed the Rethinking Restaurants, right? I'm going to challenge myself and I'm therefore challenging you to rethink the way we run our restaurants, to rethink the way we think about our restaurants and the way we think that we have to run our restaurants. Bottom line is the world is changing. That has been happening over the last 30 years, not just the last three. The last three have been climactic. I understand that. But the last 30 as technology has come in, and we're going to spend a specific episode talking all about technology, but let's be really honest, we have to start by talking about technology, at least a little bit. Technology has come in and upended just about every major industry in the world. Think about music. Think about TV. Think about movies, right? Think about travel. Think about, uh, think about e-commerce. On and on, whatever you want to talk about, Technology has touched that industry. Education, right? The way our schools now are run, the way we apply for schools, the way we uh, administer our education, right? I did an executive, uh, I did my executive MBA. The entire thing was off campus, was in my office. Technology has changed everything. The world is changed because what is now possible, because the way we are now connected. And so it's impossible to imagine that we will somehow stay the same, that we will avoid all of the change that's happening. And what happens is that a lot of times I think the restaurant industry uh, is like the last in line. We're like the last one to change. And I think part of that is beautiful. Part of the reason why that happens is, um, is admirable, right? 
Today, when we talk about rethinking restaurants, today I want to talk about the business model. And I want to talk about what if we rethought the business model. Now, when we look at the way restaurants run, to be absolutely clear, restaurants have been around for thousands and thousands of years. But the model that we now use has pretty much been around a couple hundred years. Again, thousands and thousands of years ago in ancient China, in Egypt, um, all through um, Mesopotamia and, and into uh, then, you know, into the, the Middle Ages, through, um, through Europe and in South America and then into North America, restaurants, there were restaurants. But the restaurant we now know, the model that we use um, when we think of restaurant, was pretty much invented in Paris in the 1700s, right? This idea that you come in, you're given a menu, right? This is a list of everything we're prepared to make for you. And you pick something from that menu, you consume what you order, you pay for what you consume, and then you leave. That is a relatively new way of doing business. Again, when you look at ancient China, ancient Rome, ancient Egypt, there were restaurants way back then, and they and they uh, operated very, very differently than they do now. Even through the Renaissance and Middle Ages in, uh, in Western Europe and England, very, very different than the way they operate now. So to be really clear, we're going to start this conversation when I say I, I challenge you to rethink restaurants. I challenge you to rethink that a restaurant has to be the way it is now. It has evolved into what it is now, and if we let it, it will continue to evolve beyond what we have now. So what I push back on is this feeling, especially as technology becomes more present, I push back against this thing of saying, well, well, well restaurants are all about hospitality. Restaurants are not all about hospitality. They have been about hospitality because that's what people wanted. And in the future, when I challenge you to rethink restaurants, I challenge you to rethink what people want from a restaurant. In the future, people may not want hospitality. Let me say that again. We talk about this being the hospitality industry. In the future, people may not care about hospitality. And we're going to talk about a lot of the other things that are changing in our world. But there's a future where people don't care about it. I like it. It's something that I personally look forward to being taken care of. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a luxury to, to be able to sit down and have somebody wait on me hand and foot. But that was not always the case. Go back to your history books. Look it up. It is a luxury the way we've established restaurants. And I think there's a future where people are not willing to pay for the luxury of hospitality. That they don't have time. They're paying for the convenience and the efficiency of a meal that's prepared for them. But they're only willing to pay so much, and they don't need all the trappings and all the service, and they don't, uh, they're do not they not willing to spend the time that it often takes to have a full-service experience, let's say. And obviously already we're seeing that, this, uh, this other area being carved out over the last 15, 20 years, this space between full-service and quick-service, this fast, casual model where we order at the counter, sit down, relax, enjoy our drinks, and somebody brings us our food when it's ready because it's not ready as fast as fast food, but it doesn't take as long as a full-service restaurant. Already we're watching that. Now we're watching something come in between the full-service and fast-casual space as technology takes a larger role, and we will talk about that in a couple of weeks. For me, 
I just want you to think about the business model. So the business model of restaurants is changing and it has to change. When we talk about prime cost, right? So for anyone who doesn't know that, prime cost is COGS, cost of goods sold, plus labor. 20, 30, 40 years ago, your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents wouldn't ha- couldn't have imagined opening a restaurant where prime cost was above 50%. Meaning, your cost of goods plus labor being over 50% would have been unconscionable to them back in the 80s, let's say, or the 90s. And then it eased up to 55. Now, if you ask most people, it's a real challenge to get prime cost below 60%. And that's, I think, the threshold. We cannot make money in our businesses if our prime costs are greater than 60%. And I work with clients who come to me and they have 68, 72, 78, or beyond because they work in challenging states like California, like Oregon, like Washington, or in New York City. And there are certainly other uh, areas around the country and around the world where labor, for example, is challenging. So if the business model, right, if the numbers keep changing, where to run a traditional restaurant, it becomes challenging to keep your prime cost below 60, that is a problem. What we do is way too important. What we do is way too hard to not make money doing it. I want to say that again. What you do is way too important to the communities you serve. What you do is way too difficult. Not everybody could do what you do. It's way too important, way too difficult for us to get squeezed and for you not to make money doing it. As we move on into the world and as this industry continues to evolve, you have to stop and make sure you're making money. You cannot run a business that does not make money. It's not worth your time. We are given such a fleeting opportunity, minutes, minutes to be alive on this planet. If you are spent struggling and killing yourself in a kitchen, on a floor, in your restaurant every day just to make it work, it's just not worth it. I know people who kill themselves 80 hours a week for $70,000, $80,000 a year. You can go work half that, be the general manager of an olive garden, and make the same amount. Yeah, is it as satisfying? Is it your food, your restaurant? No, but I promise you, you will find more balance in your life. I'm not suggesting you do it. I'm just saying there are alternatives. We have to be willing to rethink the business model. Danny Meyer said years ago, this industry was built on the promise of cheap rent, cheap labor. So what happens when neither of those things are true anymore? And we certainly watch this through Manhattan. It's very difficult to open a restaurant in Manhattan because the costs of opening a restaurant in Manhattan are astronomical. But the same is true for uh, labor. Labor in Manhattan is very, very difficult. I don't know why, um, I don't know why a driven, uh, aspiring, very gifted chef would try to open a place in New York City. Not even Manhattan, but in New York City. There's so many other markets all around the country, you know, big, growing, thriving markets that are that are that are dying for great food. You know, look at what happens with uh, what's happened with Austin or Nashville over the last several years. Look at see what's happening outside of, uh, in Detroit and outside of Detroit. We don't talk about it, but man, look what's happened in San Diego, 
you look around, there are thriving markets that are where you can actually get reasonably priced real estate, where the construction costs are not as crazy as they are in a major market like New York, Chicago, L.A., or San Francisco. There are other markets to go. And what we have to be willing to do is be honest with ourselves about the numbers. You may, uh, you may have this romantic notion about what a restaurant is and how a restaurant operates, but I challenge you to rethink the way a business operates. If you go into business and you say, hey, I'm going to start a business, it's got to make money. Well, then back into it and say, okay, great. What kind of business could I build that would yield a 20 30%, 40% profit margin? I'm telling you, most of the, most of the uh, growing sectors, the huge industries in the, in the world, they make way more than 10 20% profit. I was raised in this industry to believe that 10% was the land of fairies and unicorns. If you had a restaurant that generated 10% profit, woohoo! But I'm sorry, if you got a million-dollar restaurant and it generates $100,000 in profit, and you got to split that between two, three, four partners, that's not worth it. Most of the sectors in this country, at least, most of the industries that are exploding operate at a 70, 80, 90% profit margin. It costs them relatively little to administer the service or to make another product. That there's a huge markup on what they sell you. And then there's us. Then there's us. There's the us happy to settle for seven, eight, ten percent profit. What we do is way too hard not to make money doing it. There's data that just came out as 2023 closed that last year the average independent restaurant in this country made uh, down from six, down from six percent profit. The average independent restaurant in this country made four percent profit last year. So I know you guys are feeling it. I know you guys listening to this feel it. I'm talking about the future. I'm talking about your future. I'm talking about what the next year or two or five holds for you. I challenge you to build a business that can be profitable. And in order to do that, we have to be willing to rethink the business model. We don't have to build a business that looks just like everybody else's business. We don't have to build a restaurant that looks like everybody else's restaurant. I dare you to do things differently. What if you had a dumpling shop and all you served was three different kinds of dumplings and you paid your staff all day long to make the dumplings and then it was one person just serving, just selling and serving them all night long? I don't know, and you had the best dumplings in your market and people would just come for your one of two or one of three kinds of dumplings. And all you did is put them in a box and send them out the door. There are ways to do what you want to do, but to do it profitably. And in order to move forward, we have to stop being so precious with the way things have been done. Because the way that things have been done is not how they have always been done. There were other models, probably better, more profitable models, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. The model that we now know is about 260 years old. 
So I dare us all to challenge the status quo. So when we talk about rethinking restaurants, and that's what this is all about, this episode and the episodes to come, when we talk about rethinking restaurants, I challenge you to go down to the very foundation that a business exists, any business, not just a restaurant business, a business exists to increase shareholder value. That's what they teach you in day one of business school. What does that mean, to increase shareholder value? is to make profit for those who run the business. You create a business, you deserve to benefit from that business. Life's too short, what we do is too hard, and it's way too important to the communities we serve to not make sure we're taken care of. Now, I'm not talking about being a billionaire with private jets and four, uh, four homes. I think you guys know that. I think what we all want is something a lot more modest than that. But what I also know is that you guys struggle with payroll. You stress about cash flow. So get to a place, get to a place where in 2024, you operate from a place of plenty rather than subsistence. Subsistence means you've got just enough to get by. And plenty means there's more than enough to go around. Go around to you, your community, your staff, the other communities around that there's more than enough. Challenge yourself to make that business. Challenge yourself to rethink the business model because the business model has been breaking for a while. I fear it is now broken. Now, every time I have a talk and we're going to talk about the service model, we're going to talk about technology, we're going to talk about the compensation model. Trust me, we're going to get into it over the next 10 episodes. I don't have the answers, but I know the right questions we should be asking, and I'm going to make sure I ask them aloud to all of you, to this audience. And I challenge you to ask yourself those questions. If you come up with good answers, I, man, I please share them with me. Please share them with anyone who will listen. Our community is better when we're all together. But we can't all be walking around stressing about, uh, stressing about labor, stressing about squeeze, squeezing out a couple of points. We can't all be walking around doing it and not challenge each other to figure out an answer and to help each other when we do figure out the answer. I know the answer comes when we challenge ourselves to ask the right questions. The right question we need to ask has to do with rethinking restaurants. So this first one, episode number one of this Rethinking Restaurants series, I'm asking you to challenge the business model. The business model where people come in, they order from your menu, you bring them what they ordered, they pay for what they consume, and then they leave, and you fill that table with somebody else. I don't know that that's the best, most efficient, most effective way to make money in the restaurant industry. I think that's what people are used to, but I don't even know that that's what people want anymore or what they want all the time. I think there are probably other ways of serving where people would be very, very happy. I think we can probably serve them better than they're currently being served. Again, I don't know all the answers, but I know that's the right question. How can we rethink the business model? How do we make money doing what we do? Let me tell you what you do when you take this next step. You work backwards. You say, hey, how much do I want to make? How much revenue would I need to generate in order to make that? Where would I need to keep my expenses in relation to revenue in order to make what I need to make? 
Your business needs to support you instead of you supporting your business. The way we do that is by rethinking the restaurant, rethinking the business model. That's the first step. This is the first episode in a 10-episode arc all about rethinking restaurants. Today, I'm challenging you to rethink the business model. The business model is no longer working for a great deal of you, many, many of you out there, and so I would challenge you to challenge the status quo. Again, it's the first in a 10-episode arc all about rethinking restaurants. I appreciate you guys being here. If you would do me one favor before you hang up here, go leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you get any sort of value from this episode, from any of the other episodes that you've heard so far, then please just go. Let people know what you get out of the show. Let them know why they should tune in. That's how we grow this community. Again, I appreciate you guys being here. We've got a great 10-episode arc here where I'm challenging you to rethink restaurants, and we're going to dig really deep as we go along, talk about pricing and service and compensation, and on and on and on. You better believe we're going to be building towards technology. I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you very much, and I will see you next time.